to the open side. Karim Bete. Lovely here for Simon, who's quick. Pete Simon looking for Karim Bete. Back to Simon. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wild. That is amazing from the Wallabies. Welcome back to the wind up. Now, this is our match previews and prediction episode. We're going to keep this pretty short and sharp. Uh, week three of Rugby World Cup 2023 is coming at us pretty fast. We've already missed a game, so we're just going to get straight into it. We're going to focus on Pool A first. Uh, and the game that we missed is Italy and Uruguay. That was played last night, Australia time, or early this morning, I should say. Uh, 38-17 was the results there to Italy. Now, Lockie, you were just saying before we hit record that you were pretty close in the margin on this one. One point off. One point off, Mitch. Hey to our listeners. Um, yeah, it was really close, but it didn't look like it during the game. Uruguay were up well ahead, I think, up at halftime, and it took a really late salvo for Italy to come back. Again, Monte Ioane, feel free to do that, the Rebels, if you decide to come back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Italy did a job. Bonus point win is predicted probably by most, but taking nothing away from Uruguay, they've been one of the standout teams so far this tournament. Now, the remaining game in Pool A is France against Namibia. So uh, week three of the competition, Namibia has not had an easy run whatsoever so far uh, in this tournament. Can you see them scoring more, maybe getting to double digits this week against France? I'd love to see them double digits. As long as France don't get to triple, I'm happy. But I think you'd be a brave punter to pick a scoreline that wasn't bonus point win. Um, I've got France by 60 Charles Olivon's my first try scorer. Um, I can't imagine it's going to be pretty for the Welsh Witches. Yeah, I've gone. Um, I've gone quite similar as well. I think I said sixty even. So uh, it's going to be a big score there by France. And when you see the team that they've announced as well, they've got some of their uh, big first-rate players back in for this game. So it's going to be a big one. Yeah. Expecting a pretty big result from France. If maybe can hold on, as we said, if they can get double digits, I think they'd be doing well. So. Let's see if Namibia can keep up with the pace that France sets the game up. Let's move across into Pool B now. And to, to kick things off, I am wearing my Springboks jersey, if that goes to show what I'm uh, leaning for in this first game. And it's probably outside of the opening test of the World Cup, which was uh, France versus New Zealand. This next fixture is probably the second one that everyone has been most excited about. And that is South Africa versus Ireland. Now, the top of the table clash for Pool B will determine which way both of these teams do jet off uh, in the quarterfinals. Which way do you see it going? This is easily going to be the game of the pools. I know there's a lot riding on you know, Australia's games against Wales and a lot of the opener, but 1v2 in the world, I'm pretty sure. It just pans out at the moment. It's massive. Um, and the teams are just stacked. It's full guns, all guns blazing. I've got... I don't know why in retrospect, but I've got the Irish getting ahead by a sniff. I've got them up by four with James Lower's first try score. I feel like Ireland's more likely to win a pool game against a top dog than win a knockout game. So I'm backing them to impress in the pool stage and then for that first hurdle. But yeah, I've got them by a whisker. How about you? Yeah, I'm going South Africa in this one. I, I also think it'll be tight. This game won't go more than five points either side. I would say South Africa by two or three points is how I would put it down in the in the in the tipping. One thing I am concerned about about South Africa in this game is the seven and one split that they have gone for on the bench. 
Now, if they pick up an injury in the back line, if they pick up two injuries in the back line, we're going to see Quagga Smith essentially playing fly half. That, that's what could end up happening in this game. Do you think that that's going to be a, an, an issue for this Springbok team in this test? I mean, it could be, but at the time that they tried it, it worked very well at Twickenham, so they won from one. I imagine, you know, you've got a couple of people to filter through before you get to Quagga at 10, <laughs> maybe staff. Uh, obviously, Damien Villains. Are, but I'm surprised they picked um, Kobus Reinach as that 23rd man. I thought it might have been Billy LaRue to cover all the back line. Um, but again, halfback's so important to that South African setup. So we'll just have to wait and see whether it pays off. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting game. That's 5 o'clock kickoff, 5 a.m. Sunday in, in, in Australia. So make sure you're up um, for that one or you do get behind and, and watch the, I, I would say, the full replay of this one. I don't think the, the mini is going to do it justice. Uh, the second game of Pool B is Scotland versus Tonga. Now, this is a pretty important test for Scotland in their World Cup and will sort of determine really whether they can catch up with the leaders of South Africa and Ireland. Do you think that Tonga has enough talent to take the win off Scotland? Oh, Tonga's got the talent. It's whether they've got the temperament at this point. I think Scotland is now, uh, it's a win or you don't make the quarterfinals. They're in a similar situation to Australia. So also what leans into this is qualification for the next World Cup. It would be a pretty big blow for Scottish rugby for them to not only miss out on the quarters, but to miss out on that automatic qualifying spot. So there's plenty riding on it. Um, for the Scots. Tonga, you know, plenty of weapons in the duffel. Um, we saw it last week, some of the the runs that were carving through from the Tongan side, from the Sea Eagles. But I think Scotland by five at this point, they've got too much class to not go well. And if they want to have a decent chance and a shake at Ireland to make their quarterfinals, this is one they need to win. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what style of play Tonga bring into this game. And I think their physicality is where they can match Scotland. But I do think Scotland has the uh, cohesion element, the the runs on the board to really push and weather through whatever Scotland throws at them. So I would be expecting a Scotland victory here, probably with five to ten points margin in this one. Like we kind of saw week one, I think... Tonga might be able to hang with Scotland for majority of the game, but I think that they will fall away towards the end. And Scotland um, has shown that they can bring on some of their impact players in the second half and push things up to another level. So uh, definitely going to be a good game. Some great games in this uh, weekend of World Cup action. So very much looking forward to it. Not much sleep, I think, uh, is what's starting to jump out at me so far already. We haven't even got to the Wallabies game yet. Oh, goodness. Let's do that. Let's get to pool C. Um, and we start things off with Georgia against Portugal. Now, this is a pretty big game for both Georgia and Portugal and will sort of shape up uh, which one of those teams ends up at the bottom of the table for pool C. Do you think Portugal could pull something out of the bag here and shock Georgia? 100%. Portugal more than a chance. I think we saw against Wales and my long-running campaign against Wales in particular, the Portuguese really stand up and um, play expansive attacking rugby, which was brilliant to watch. But again, Georgia, I think they'd really be stinging after that game against Australia. They weren't particularly good. I thought it actually flattered Australia a little bit. And in reality, after that week off, 
coming up against a fresh Georgian side who are ready to make an impact and they've got Wales in their future as well. I think Georgia need this win if there to be any chance of shaking the tree and beating Wales for a second time in as many years. So I've got Georgia by a whisker. I've got them winning by two points. But I reckon this is actually going to be one of the games of the round. Really? Okay. Uh, I'm, I expect Georgia to, to do this one quite convincingly. I think we've seen glimpses of them in that Australia game at what they can do when they when things click and when things fire. Um, their set piece wasn't great against Australia, and we know that that is something that Georgians pride themselves on, their ability to scrum and maul and, and just be dominant at the breakdown. If the, I think they'll be working on that pretty intently in this off week, so I think Portugal's going to be in for a bit of a rude shock when they get there. Uh, let's get into the game of the round, Wales versus Australia. Wales kind of uh, Australia, sorry, last ditch effort, last hope of remaining in Rugby World Cup. If they lose this, they're out. How do you see this one going? I remember chatting with you in the last pod about how do we tip it? Do we tip it with our head or with our heart? <laughs> and I'm sticking with the heart, but there's a bit of backing to the heart. Um, Australia, historically, a bit of a bogey team for Wales, and I imagine that there's more than a few scars still from that shock loss um, that we inflicted on Wales on the last spring tour. Um, I've got us winning by 10, and it's confidence that is unfounded, but we'll be pushed through to the end, I think. We'll have everything to play for, right? So Wales can still get through with a loss um, if results go their way. Australia needs to win. We're in that desperate point that Fiji were last week. And there are there are players' careers and I think almost coaching careers on the line in this game. There is so much at stake for Australian rugby. So I expect desperation to get us over the line. I've got us winning by 10. To deny them the bonus point is crucial as well. So I don't know whether it's going to happen, but I'm sure as hell hoping. What have you got for this one, Mitch? I, I know that's what the Wallabies need to do. And I'm going to take it a step further than what you were saying. It's not just players and and coaches' careers on the line here. I somewhat feel like it's the sport of rugby union in Australia's chances. If we lose this game, it's going to be really, really hard to try and regain any momentum in the coming years leading into a Lions tour, leading into a home World Cup. I mean, sitting in Sydney or Brisbane and like yourself and tuning in and watching these games at crazy times for an Australian fan, you for the impartial rugby fan, uh, uh, partial sporting fan who doesn't necessarily follow rugby all that closely, you wouldn't even know that the Wallabies are playing in a World Cup and we're in it. And this is our game. This is our final this week. So if we lose this, I just feel like we're going to fall completely out of by the wayside and the sport sort of hanging by a thread. So there's a lot of pressure there. I'm not 100% convinced that we have the team at the moment that's going to excel under that pressure. We don't have clear leaders. We don't have Will Skelton available. We don't have Michael Hooper. We just, there's a list. The list of unavailable players is longer and better than the list of available players at this point. So I'm really worried about this game. My only, I guess, saving grace in a way is that news has come out in the past 24 hours that Max Jorgensen has picked up an injury. And so he's leaving camp and there's talks of someone coming in. At this point of recording, we don't know who that is. Uh, it was initially thought that that would be Dylan Peach, but then there's been some news come out that actually, no, Eddie's said, hold on, let's just wait and see where we go from here. Do we bring in another uh, prop? Do we bring in another back row option? Do we bring in a fly half? So 
there's options here to see a player like potentially Michael Hooper, Quade Cooper, Lenny Kittau be parachuted into the squad who could then potentially be named somewhere in the 23. Any of those three players, I think, would be enough of an inclusion in this team to get the to get the win for the Wallabies. Lenny Kittau, Quade Cooper or Michael Hooper. Whether we get them or not, that's going to be a really big thing. So I don't know. I'm not feeling too confident and I don't think we're going to do it easily this week. If we are going to win, I don't see us doing it by 10. I think it's only going to be by a couple of points. Um, yeah. Do Wales I, get that bonus point? Do you see bonus points in Wales's future, whether it's four tries or the seven points? Are they getting that? Because that's critical as well. I don't think they're going to get the, what is it? The full try bonus point. I don't think any team's going to get that. This is going to be a pretty close encounter. They might get the seven point buffer, like within seven points. I could see this game finishing within a handful of points, one or two, three points at most. Um, my heart says Wallabies. My head says Wales though. So who knows? Let's uh, Your head be damned, Mitch. But I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> I'm just quickly thinking the, the narrative and the story arc of a Hail Mary call back to a Quade Cooper or a Michael Hooper or a Lenny Kitao. I mean, it would be one of the most remarkable backflips from Eddie to call back home and say, we I'm, need you now. It would just it would be it now. ridiculous. This is what's going to happen. Okay. This is what's going to happen. The Wallabies already have, they're up by seven points. There's, you know, a few minutes, a handful of minutes left in the on the clock. Uh, Michael Hooper comes on. He's been parachuted back into the squad. He's playing in jersey number 21 or 20. He comes on. He gets a breakdown steal, turnover penalty. The Wallabies kick it to get the 10 points. He's the savior. He's the hero. And the Wallabies have done enough to secure themselves a, a shot at the quarterfinals. And Eddie Jones walks away looking like a bit of an idiot. I think that's the the best possible outcome. And I'm really <laughs> hoping that that happens. I'll, I'll take a 10-point win. I'll take it anyway. And we can't knock the fact that we are now facing five consecutive finals. We have to win five games. We have to win them well. And it is the biggest challenge Australian rugby has faced in years. We touched on it last week, but this is defining for the sport and the country as you flagged. So get up, watch this one. It's going to be the biggest game for the Wallabies in a very long time. And whichever way this game goes... I'm very much looking forward to recording on uh, on Monday night uh, and tuning in for you, our fans, on, on Tuesday morning to listen to it because if we win, we're going to be pretty excited. If we lose, it's going to be a pretty spicy episode too, I can imagine. So a lot to, uh, to, to unpack in that next week. But let's finish off the preview now. We've got Pool D. We can't forget those. I know it's, it's not the most exciting pool going around, but we can't forget them. This is Ando's pool after all. Uh, and the first game is Argentina versus Samoa. Now, Argentina is coming off their bye this week. Actually, now that I just said that, we haven't mentioned Ando's tips at all up until this well, point. I was so... saving them for the end. I was going to do a okay. rapid fire. Should we keep it that way? That's good. That's good. At least, um, at least he does get a mention somewhere and, and features on the pod in some format this week. So Argentina versus Samoa. Argentina coming off the bye uh, last week. Samoa looked pretty good for the most part in their, their win over Chile last week. Do you think Samoa has enough to upset Argentina? They've got enough, but I think a wounded Argentina with a week off after a pretty insipid and limp performance against England, they'll be more than up for it. I imagine 
Checkers probably flayed them in the dressing rooms a couple of times since then. So I've got Argentina winning by four. I feel it's going to be quite an ugly game. Um, but, you know, there's some brilliant performances coming out of Samoa. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a seesawing game and maybe the bird of Amaliano Buffelli wins it pretty late for the Argies. Yeah, I've been really impressed with some of the the wins that Argentina has got this year, that they're just ground teams down and they haven't necessarily won convincingly, but they've won games and they've been in games in the final minutes. Uh, and I think as you as you rightly uh, highlighted, they didn't perform well in week one and and Argenti- and Checker will definitely be up the players and they'll be focusing on things and coming out to, to put a statement piece together to really make sure that they do qualify out of this pool is, is what they need to be doing. Samoa have looked good, but I don't think that they have the physicality um, and the prolonged game cohesion that a, a team like Argentina has. So I, I think Argentina has the ability to put on some points, and I think this might even potentially be a 10-point score to Argentina. That's what I'm expecting. Now, the final game of the weekend, uh, the second game of Pool D is England against Chile. Now, you gave England a pretty big serve on the pod this week. Uh, weren't too impressed with their win over Japan. What do they need to do against Chile for you to be impressed with the performance? Lose. They need to lose <laughs> for me to be impressed, and then I'll be very impressed um, with uh, Los Condors, actually. Um, but I look, I don't see England changing the style of play. Why would they? They're, they're two from two with a bonus point win um, in the second one. So I think England play the exact same game that they played against Japan. Um, they sit in the pocket. They kick it to the outhouse. They'll end up winning by, you know, 25, 30 points and get the bonus point after full time and continually bore rugby fans around the world. Uh, I just hope that Chile um, keep to their record of banking the first try every game. And uh, if the Condors can put a couple past the English, I'd be a very happy man. If Chile can somehow stop England getting the bonus point, I think that would be a win for them. That would be fantastic if they Huge could do win. that. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, I think England will come away with these convincing winners. If they don't come away with a bonus point, they will be upset with themselves and they rightly should come away with a bonus point. I don't think Chile will give away as many opportunistic tries maybe that Japan did last week. So, well, they'll be trying not to at least anyway. They'll be trying to catch any ball they can and just kicking things into touch. Don't give England the opportunity to fumble anything. Uh but, yeah, uh, I'd be expecting a pretty dominant English win, uh, particularly as they move forward in this tournament. So that r- wraps us up for this week. Why don't you quickly run us through Ando's predictions and then, yeah, um, yeah we'll finish things off. We'll, ra- we'll rattle it off. And shout out to Ando. Couldn't be here for this one, but he'll be absolutely fizzing, I think, for the uh, Wales-Australia review, as we all are. Um, quickly running through and it's got France by shitloads, Argentina by 20, Georgia by 15, England by 30. He's also backed the Saffirs against Ireland. Uh, got the box going by eight. Scotland getting a decent win over Tonga in his book by 12. And he is going for Australia because he's a bloody good bloke. Australia by five. Australia is winning. We're not worried at all. I'm not panicking slightly. And I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic weekend of rugby, though. Um, last weekend didn't have as many key matchups as as week three of Rugby World Cup has thrown up. Wales, Australia, South Africa, Ireland, France, Namibia, 
going to be some really tight games there. <laughs> Maybe not playing some movie, but it's going to be a really exciting uh, week of rugby. Make sure you get your tips if you haven't done so already. Make sure you get your fantasy teams finalized because we're already a game into the round and you might have lost the opportunity to get some of the players from that first game. Uh, but thanks for getting to this point in the podcast. Really looking forward to seeing how Australia go, if they can bounce back. We're sending all our positive vibes to the Wallabies. We have, we have, we are hoping that they do well, and we want them to do well. This is this is do or die now for Eddie Jones and his men. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll review all of the action of week three of Rugby World Cup, and then we'll be back later, second half of next week, with our preview for round for week four of the World Cup. So thanks everyone for getting to this point. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.